Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Hindsightless, the spookiest show on the internet. I'm not on the internet, or maybe I am. Anyway, we're going to talk about RPGs today. Happy Halloween, everybody. As I record this and hopefully release it, it is Halloween here in the States. And I am getting pumped, man. Speaking of pumped, I carved my pumpkin the other day and it looks like garbage. Maybe I'll put a picture of it. But if I do, you can't make fun of my lack of jack-o'-lantern carving skills. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just getting ready for tonight for all the kids. Got my spooky music picked out uh, to play on a Bluetooth speaker out the windows and got my spooky lights set up. Yeah, it it should be a good time. Got a bunch of candy, got my skeleton outfit to wear. I'm excited. I hope we get as many kids as we did last year because it was just it was so much fun last year. But I got some calls. Uh, Yeah, I want to play those calls, man. I got a bunch of calls for a change, which is awesome. Uh, I got calls from Carl and Anthony and Jason. So the cavalcade, man. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to tell a story which I may and probably already have told on this show But since it's my one and only encounter with anything that could be remotely classified as paranormal, and it was very spooky, I'm going to talk about that right now. So, let's do that. Okay, so like I said, I've probably told this story before, maybe even last year, but I'm telling it again. So this would have taken place 15, 16 years ago in Ballard at the old restaurant that I used to work at, restaurant and pub. We uh, That building had been some sort of pub for over 100 years. Um, it had been... A building that housed women of the evening as well. There was a little side door on it that was basically bricked over. But that was the prostitute's entrance. Um, That's where we actually kept all the kegs before they made it out onto the line. But anyway, it was me and two of my coworkers. We were hanging out in the old town after we closed down, like we always did, it was a weekend night. So this would have been around midnight, one o'clock in the morning. You know, we had the doors locked, playing music, drinking a couple beers as the bartenders counting the till and we're just closing up shop. And so we we're all just doing that. And then my two coworkers were like, Hey, we're going to take off. And our parking lot was out in the back. Uh, you go out the back door to get there. And I was like, cool, I'll walk you all outside. And yeah, so the lights are on, the music's playing. I walk them outside to their cars. We hang out for a little bit, walk back inside, no music playing. Cool. CD stopped because, again, this was a while ago <laughs> before uh, like iTunes and all that shit. You know, we were playing CDs and I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm going to go listen to some more music, finish my beer, and then get out of here. So I walk over to the stereo, and all the power buttons have been turned off. Now remember, 
The music was playing. I was the last one to walk out. I followed my two co-workers out of the building. There was nobody else in the building. And the CD hadn't just stopped. The power buttons had been depressed into the off position. These were old school buttons. They weren't like touch pads or anything. You actually had to physically press them in and out uh, to turn the power on or off. They were in the off position now. And it freaked me the shit out. (laughs) Not to be a total coward, though. I made sure I checked the bathrooms and the kitchen that there was nobody left in there. And then I called the girls that I just walked out. I said, hey, don't leave yet. I'm coming with you. (laughs) Locked up, went home, and that was it. (laughs) That was it. We'd had... I'd heard other noises before. We had what we called the Old Town Ghost. Um... But yeah, every once in a I, I swear to God, I heard a voice in there one time when I was the only person in there. And you'd, you'd hear sounds in the building. But it was an old building, strange echoes. But the thing with the stereo was by far the most paranormal, which probably has a logical explanation. But I'll be damned if I know what it was. Because again, these were physical buttons, not a touch screen. So it's not like something fell against it and it just swiped it into the off position. You had to walk over there and press the buttons. It was spooky. It was cool. It scared me. And that's awesome. Happy Halloween. Let's get into some calls. Let's start off with Carl. He's got a long one. Hey, Joe, I feel like I owe you some calls. Fun to hang out with you last night playing Reaver with the other Joe. Or is he original Joe? Well, he's a Raven God Joe. Um, I have another Joe, too. Too many Joes. Joe Youngers in my games. Uh, yourself, Joe Salvador. Anyway, I feel like I owe you some calls uh, talking about a variety of subjects. I think your variety, your, I guess the first one, I'm very intrigued by your vampire historical novels. I feel like I want to check them out just because I like historical fiction. I feel like there was another vampire historical set of novels um and the guy was like the main character was like some sort of saint um anyway so uh i don't remember the author maybe there were more romancy novels than historical fiction um anyway so okay i found it the saint germain chronicles so cool maybe if you like the these vampire books you can check those out so there's like a big omnibus, and I'm, sh- I'm hopefully there's some audibles on it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's been a while, been around for a while. I remember bouncing off of it a long time ago. All right, so the other thing, what is the other thing? Oh, yeah, um, metacurrency. So maybe Jason would really like the 2D20 metacurrency that's used in Octon Cthulhu and in uh, Star Trek. You have an option to use determination and Star Trek fortune and Octoon Cthulhu to before you roll the dice you can decide to use meta currency so momentum if you have a pull of momentum you can add dice to your pool to roll all and those are generated characters don't start with momentum they're generated through the course of play and then you have fortune or determination in Star Trek where you can decide that one you're you get a bonus dice and that dice becomes a one so that's two successes a critical success so um, and then you roll your other dice in the dice pool uh, so I think Jason probably would like that implementation of meta currency as opposed to taking the whole thing and re-rolling now I as a GM right 
So if there's a meta currency in the game, I never really tell, describe the action until we're done with the roles, right? So especially in a game like Savage Worlds, where it's predicated on using meta currency, using bennies, uh, which I'm surprised Jason doesn't like meta currency because he says he likes Savage Worlds. Anyway, so I'd say, would you like to use a Benny? Would you like to use a hero point? And don't describe the outcome of the action until after all the dice are resolved. And then that way it doesn't feel like you're, the thing has happened, right? And the difference to me in Call of Cthulhu is, right, you do, you're right, you have to describe how you do it different. The same thing in, I feel like in Twilight 2000, you also have to um, describe how you do it different. And the consequence in Twilight 2000 is that if you use an intellectual skill or empathetic skill, you take stress. If you any roll a one after you or when you push it, then you take stress. If it's a physical skill and you roll a one when you push it, then you take damage. So there are consequences uh, for using that meta currency. But I do like the way that the 2D20 Modifius, especially um, so far Octoon Cthulhu and then now Cohorts Cthulhu, so set in Roman times and uh, Star Trek really do it. The other thing. Um, yeah, I, my party, I mean, when they fought Jerabeth, they had a hard time. The paladin got taken down and the paladin's kind of built the way it seems like you described Haven and built by my best, most, uh, power gamer player. And his, I think Jerabeth focused on that character cause he was doing the most damage. Maybe they didn't have like a good range. I, maybe Arun Salee wasn't there or missed. It was also so maybe it was also tainted karma wise because that's the encounter where the one player said, Oh, if we go this way, we fight Jerabeth. If we go this way, we fight the worm that walks, right? Xanthor Vane or whatever. So, uh, is that, is, was he a pirate in the Caribbean? Something vain? Anyway, so, I mean, they really had a hard time against, uh, against, uh, Jerabeth. She dealt out a lot of damage. She was, they, they, hit her hard and she was able to heal but then and after she killed the paladin they finally like whittled, whittled her down but it was a lot longer than the fight you described which is really great it's sometimes awesome when a player character gets a crit um at a, in a at a very appropriate time and then takes out the big bad uh, amy my wife is notorious for doing that in a scenario i ran for my birthday there was this tyrannosaurus bearing down on them and i'm like oh, i was gonna eat them up because there's not that many hit points you got in Twilight 2000, right? You got four to six, and this thing does like, it'll it would kill you in one shot. Anyway, you're right. It's like a, it's like a tank running over you. Anyway, she uh, gets her AK, unloads on it, and guess what? Gets a crit, and doesn't kill it, but takes it down. Right? It's a it's a critical hit to the leg. It's a hip fracture. The creature crashes to the ground, and they just like they just dust it up. So there you go. You're big bad, and you take it out really crazily by a crit so uh yeah also amy in savage world has rolled like she's exploded so many dice she's rolled upwards of like 60 points of damage in a single hit in savage worlds uh, which which is quite a bit right if every four points is a wound uh, of course you're mitigated with toughness but um, but then of course if most of these weapons especially in savage roofs have like uh, armor piercing ability and mega damage and Anyway, well, there you go. Uh, six minutes worth of message for me. You could break it up as you desire, um, but it is from a plethora of your podcast. Take it easy, man.
That was a plethora indeed, Carl. Thank you for that, man. And yeah, dude, nobody ever owes me calls. It's nice to hear from you again, but don't ever feel obligated to send me messages or anything. Yeah, man, you know, those, those, I can't think of the name of them right now because I've been running around all day setting up the house. But yeah, those historical fiction vampire novels I read were fun. And Saint, the St. Saint Germain Chronicles, I've definitely heard of before. So maybe I'll look into those. I feel like you, like I bounced off them at first, but maybe I'll give them another try, man. So thanks for bringing those back to my attention. And I really liked your idea. I should probably adapt that more with meta currency where you don't describe the role until after everything is spent. That's smart. Uh, yeah, I, I you know, sometimes I wish I was a better DM. <laughs> I really do, man. Uh, I do my best, but you know, I could, I could definitely be better. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, man, thank you so much for those calls that for that call. That was awesome. Uh, up next, who do we got? We got Anthony, dude. Anthony's going to be talking about some backstory stuff. So let's get into it. Hey, Joe. It's Anthony of the Casting Shadows podcast calling in once again from the road. I've just listened to your episode where you played messages from a year ago, <laughs> which is pretty entertaining. Um, I remember the episode, and I remember the series of episodes talking about backstories and that sort of stuff, but I have no recollection of calling in and leaving that extremely long message, so my apologies for, for the length of that, of that message. So I should make this message short, right? Um, yeah, backstories. <laughs> what can we say about backstories? I think I will both answer and dodge the question in this way. I prefer, in pretty much every case, that a character have a clear motivation, an internal one, that can in some way guide the player to be able to connect to any external motivations that come as a result of play. I think I find that more important than having a backstory or not having a backstory, or having a particular occupation, or class, or however it is that the game works. I think sitting down and playing a character, even if the motivation ultimately is to find out who I am, you know, like the, the zero-level uh, farm worker heading out into the big wide world to discover if they can make a mark or not. Uh, I think that's that's more important than than any other motivating factor like the detailed backstory. I think it's important to recognize the difference between playing to experience the character and playing to be a part of a story. Uh, but this combat is not the place, I guess, for that. And finally, I think what I'd want to say about backstories is that the personality of the character, you know, how, what we think of about how we're going to play, I think a lot of us, of our age anyway, have a lot of experience playing characters that we have just created and that were generated in some part randomly and 
you know, we can't really be expected to know what their personality is, or we can't really be expected, or we've built a habit of going with how they seem in the moment, you know, whether that's a pre-generated character we've just been handed, or one we just rolled, or one we just built from points. We have this kind of idea of what the character can do, and there might be some parts of the game that tell us a little bit about their personality, like we've chosen a, a nature and demeanor from World of, from World of Darkness, or we've chosen uh, some kind of vow or limitation or flaw or merit or something like that. So they give us a hint about what the character might be like or how the character might react, but we don't really know until we start to play, which might strike some players as really odd, right? Uh, in other types of games where you are playing, uh, you know, almost a prescribed type of character. So, you know, I think it's kind of interesting to bring up this notion of backstories and to highlight the, the conflict that can arise between gamers. Even people who like playing the same game can disagree on this point. So I think it's important to discuss it, and I'm glad that you brought it up, and then brought it up again. Anyway, take care. Well, thanks, Anthony. I am glad that you are glad, my man. I, you know, I really, at this point in my life, I am, I really like the idea of motivations. You know, like if you have a, a good detailed motivation, if you know what your character wants, everything else just sort of falls into line. The backstory can fall into line because of the motivations, your actions during the game, your character's person, everything. Like motivation, having a clear, clear motivation. What does your character want? What do they want? And what do they need? Uh, like a kid needs candy. What, what is it, man? I think that's really cool. And uh, yeah, I love talking about this stuff, man. <laughs> It's awesome. It's almost as cool as talking about player agency, which we're going to touch on just real briefly right here with another call from Anthony. What's up, Anthony? Take it away again. Hey, Joe. It's Anthony, Casting Shadows Podcast, <laughs> calling in from the road. Actually, I'm calling in from the parking lot. Not quite the same thing. I've just listened to your uh, recap of <laughs> the showdown between the U.S. Army and a Shoggoth. It's pretty cool. Sounds like a fun time. I'm really glad that you didn't just give it to them as some kind of combat encounter. Like, roll initiative, this is the situation. Let's try and kill each other. I'm glad that you gave them the opportunity to be surprised and stumble across the Shoggoth in some kind of lair. That's, that's awesome. Good on you for doing that, and uh, I hope your players were grateful for it. One question that I had after listening to the recap was you described the spellcasting character as having uh, lost their minds right at the beginning of the encounter. So I'm kind of curious what the player did uh, after that. Like, were they, did they play the character in some sort of crazed state? Was it a temporary insanity or an indefinite insanity? And uh, was it uh, one that stripped them of agency or you know did they take over an npc or you know what did they do what they do joe hey thanks anthony man i am glad that you liked the recap because it was a super fun session but to answer your burning question if you hadn't heard already because it came out 
an episode or two ago, Jason called in to talk about what happened, but I'll just give another quick recap. Jason did an amazing job. I, I, I didn't take away the agency. I just said, Hey dude, your character is now insane for the next five hours. Cause I, it's a D 10 role for how many hours? Cause it was an indefinite insanity. He took more than five sanity and then passed his intelligence check, which means if you pass your check, your mind is able to put together the horrors that you have witnessed and you go insane for a D10 hours. And so I felt bad, but it was, you know, the dice are the dice. And so I just said, hey, dude, your your character is insane. You feel the walls crushing in around you, the stone above you. You see this horrific monster. What What are you doing? And he basically gave his character three choices, um, rolled and went for it, man. <laughs> he rolled that he wanted to join the Shoggoth. So he started running towards the Shoggoth. But right then, one of the other characters hucked a grenade at the Shoggoth and <laughs> the grenade exploded in between the Shoggoth and Jason's character. So before the Shoggoth got to have its fun, the... Jason's character got blown up by a grenade, <laughs> but it was awesome, man. It was totally awesome. So yeah, man, since we just talked about Jason, let's hear from him. Thanks again for those calls, Anthony. Let's go, Jason. Hey, Drew, Jason here. Just listened to your latest episode and has always enjoyed the Rats of the Right concession. Sorry to the players. Got a little frustrated at it, but it, it was a lot of fun. I would like to discuss the pre-programmed moves that they had set up for Xanthir Bang at some point. Um, but I'm more interested in hearing about your Halloween party. How'd that go? It was awesome. <laughs> it was nothing at all what I was expecting, but it was totally awesome, man. So when I when my buddy asked me if I wanted to go to a Halloween party at the Elks Lodge, in my mind, I was thinking the Eagles Lodge, which is a place in Ballard that I have been to. And it's a smaller place, but it was cool. Uh, so that's sort of what I was expecting. But no, no, no. The party was at the friggin' Ballard Elks Lodge, which you guys can look that up. Just Google, you know, Washington, Ballard, Washington, Elks Lodge, Golden Gardens. It's right on the water. It's a big, beautiful building. People have weddings there. People have, like, schools have their proms and winter formals there. And I was like, holy shit, man. There was hundreds and hundreds of people there. It was crazy. And there was a $30 cover charge. And I was like, all right, no problem. I got that. This will be awesome. Go up there. Walk up with my buddy and his girlfriend. They already have their tickets on the phone. And I go to the, you know, the guy checking tickets. I was like, oh, I got to buy my ticket. He's like, okay, cool. You do that inside. So I go inside. I go to pay for my ticket at the ticket place where now I'm inside. And Jacob told me, my buddy told me that it wasn't cash only. So I go to pay with my card. And she's like, oh, if you want to buy a ticket with your card, you have to do that inside at the bar. Sorry, I got interrupted. I had to open the door for some trick-or-treaters. It's been pretty awesome. I will post a little video up in Discord somewhere. Uh, my my house, considering I spent like no money on it again, it looks kind of cool. I've gotten a few compliments from the kids. It was fun. There was a group of kids that were walking up in a line all slow, and I heard one of them say, why are we walking so slow? And the other kid says, because it's scary. <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome, awesome. But anyway, so yeah, so they tell me I got to buy my ticket at the bar inside. So I walk inside of this place. It's packed. It's crowded. There's no wristbands. There's no stamps. Nobody's checking. I was like, well, I'm inside now. <laughs> So, yeah, no cover charge for me. That was awesome. When we walked in, there was a Def Leppard cover band that was playing. They kind of kicked ass. Then there was a bunch of other cool cover bands. Like I said, this place is right out on the water, so you could go out onto this back patio right on the water and had a view. It was awesome, man. Beers were everything's expensive, but they were relatively cheap considering $6 Rainier Tallboys. Tough to beat these days. <laughs> But yeah, it was fun. And totally, I want to talk to you. Uh, let's do that thing about Xanthir Vang and the pre-program moves. That would be an interesting conversation. Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm going to get out of here now uh, and get back to passing out candy. Thanks again for that call, Jason. Yeah, so that's it for today. I hope everyone had an awesome Halloween. I will get this published before Halloween is over on the West Coast. So that's good. Um, yeah, thank you so much for the calls to Anthony of the Casting Shadows Media Empire. Who, by the way, if you haven't heard uh, his latest episode of the Casting Shadows podcast, he talks about the Call of Cthulhu game that he's running that I'm a part of. So if you want to hear anything about that, go check that out. It might actually... Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, we have recorded some of it, so who knows what will happen. Uh, thank you to Carl, the Geomologist. The Geomologist Presents, man. Uh, yeah, and thank you to Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. And thank you to all the kids... <coughs> excuse me, to all the kids who came over tonight probably less than last year but i don't know probably had 20 or so kids um and i'm about <coughs> to start coughing a bunch so i'm gonna get out of here i don't know okay that kind of went away good yeah but i posted the video of my fun little kind of cheesy spooky halloween house i posted it in the wheeler woe discord in the audio dungeon discord in the glitter discord so it's up a few different places if you want to check it out uh yeah man i love halloween i love autumn i love october and it's almost the end of the year and that's just insane anyway i'm gonna get out of here maybe we'll get a couple more kids but i'm probably gonna shut everything down here pretty quick so y'all have a good night talk to you soon peace out take care of yourselves take care of somebody else and until next time peace out